Welcome to the Rival Podcast. I'm your host, Neil Maligno, and today we are recapping NFL Week 4 of the fantasy football season. I am doing this solo dolo. Well, I'm never totally alone because I'm joined by you guys, the audience, the viewers, wherever you're tuning in from. We will go over the rivals of the week, the surprises, overreactions, disappointments, and all that good stuff. We'll keep this nice, clean, to the point. Get you out of here as quickly as possible with all the information that you need. You are now listening to... The Rival Fantasy Sports Podcast. Let's go. Let's start with the rivals of the week. Let's hit you with a couple of the players who either did great for me, um, like top of the league, or they just outperformed most of the league, or maybe they won big for you. Those are the guys that we categorize as rivals of the week, the guys who you know, just were the leading scorers of the week who came up big for a lot of fantasy managers out there. Or if you're playing daily fantasy, rival, all that kind of stuff, these guys will have come up big. I'm going to pick three for this week. I'm actually going to go quarterback, wide receiver, and running back. My quarterback rival of the week is Geno Smith. If you had him anywhere starting this week, if you were the person out there, the fantasy manager or the, or the person in daily fantasy sports who was willing to start Geno Smith this week, you were paid handsomely with 320 passing yards, two touchdowns, 49 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. All that week four versus the Lions. That game had a lot to offer, did it not? It wasn't just Geno Smith. That game was packed with um, lots of fantasy performances. And, and funny enough, Geno Smith keeps coming up on this podcast. We keep talking about him. You have the whole narrative that I love between him and Russell Wilson and who's going to finish better this year, who's going to end up with the you know more production of fantasy, who's going to lead their team further in the, in the football season. So Geno Smith's coming up a lot, which you may not have expected coming into the, into the season. That's what I like about it. It's like, is it Drew Locke? Is it Geno Smith? Like, who's going to be the starting quarterback there? All this drama. And Geno Smith has been filling in really nicely uh, in Seattle. So he's our quarterback rival of the week for me. The wide receiver I'm going with this week is Mike Evans. Killed it with Tom Brady. They didn't get the W. They lost to the Chiefs. They lost to Patrick Mahomes. You can't blame them. If you caught that game, if you've seen any highlights from that game, if you were on the internet and seen videos, tweets, comments, anything about that game, Patrick Mahomes went crazy. He could have easily been your rival of the week. If you had him, I'm sure you did great. You probably won a lot of games. But Mike Evans... 103 reception yards, two touchdowns. That was on 10 targets, eight of them, which he caught. Uh, again, that was versus the Chiefs. Now, we know Chiefs passing defense is not elite by any means. It's not great by any means. Um, so you probably could have seen this one coming. You should have been able to predict this one. It doesn't really matter whether you predicted it or not because Mike Evans is always in your lineup. Um, but this is great. Uh, Mike Evans is balling, as usual. You know, just the status quo for Mike Evans. <laughs> like, he doesn't get all the headlines. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't get all your traditional, like, attention for being such a great wide receiver, but he does it year in and year out. Um, so shout out to Mike Evans for arrival of the week as a wide receiver. And my running back, of course, I had to have a running back. And who else would I pick but the opportunity for my Raider, Josh Jacobs, to just have the best week in football for a running back. So Josh Jacobs, 28 carries. 144 yards, two touchdowns, five receptions, 31 yards, all of this versus the Broncos in week four. It was a beautiful day for Josh Jacobs. Finally, I've been begging for Josh McDaniels to find balance in this offense. I've been begging for Josh McDaniels to throw all the carries he can on Josh Jacobs, and he did it this week, and it paid off as much as I could have expected. 
And uh, if you, you know, are out there starting him, Josh Jacobs is this guy who in fantasy is like very, you know, a very conflicted person for people. Like a lot of people hate Josh Jacobs. They don't like him. I shouldn't say hate. Hate's a strong word in this, in this, in this uh, conversation, but a lot of people aren't crazy about Josh Jacobs. And a lot of that you may be able to put on the Raiders because people just tend to hate the Raiders for some reason. It just tends to be a popular um, thing to do. But Josh Jacobs doesn't get a ton of love. It is also where he got drafted. A lot of people kind of hate on that factor. Uh, and they just thought, you know, Josh McDaniels coming into to, um, Las Vegas. This is going to be a running back by committee. There's no way that um, Josh Jacobs can, you know, continue to be the main workhorse uh, in Las Vegas, and it's exactly what he's been. There's been no competition for Josh Jacobs. So he got the right amount of carries this week. It all came together, and this is the kind of production we love to see from Josh Jacobs. Um, obviously, you can't predict 144 yards and two touchdowns, five receptions, all this stuff every single week, but you can predict if he gets these kind of carries, a pretty successful game for the most part because Josh Jacobs is actually good at football. Um, that's it for my rivals of the week. I, I enjoy doing it that way where it's one quarterback, one wide receiver, one running back. If you have a rival of the week that you feel I missed that you feel shipping on this list that you feel did better, maybe won you more games across your leagues, won you a lot of money in daily fantasy, whatever it is, hit us up. If you're watching on YouTube, just drop it in the comments below. I'm curious to see, you know, who's been, who's been balling out there for you guys. If you're listening on Apple podcasts or one of the other podcasts and platforms, you can always hit us with a review and just drop it right in there. Who's been your rival of the week or your favorite, you know, player of the month or year season, whatever you feel like doing. Let's jump to surprises. Week four surprises for me. Now, for surprises, I try to do this a certain way. Like, I don't want to put the obvious guys in the surprises, right? Like, I don't want to make this too, you know, obvious, too predictable. Um, so I pick guys that I feel a little surprised. And, and for me, surprises are not always a positive thing, right? Like, we get surprises in our life, and sometimes it's a negative. <laughs> so I try to mix it up, you know, positives, negatives, a little bit of everything, teams. I get it all involved here. So we'll start with the Jets who are currently supporting two top 25 wide receivers in Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis. Well, at least as of my recording, they did that. Um, Corey with 74 yards and one touchdown this week. Um, he's not putting up huge numbers, but it's been pretty consistent the last couple of weeks. Early waiver wire suggestion here. I know this isn't the waiver episode, but Corey Davis should be picked up in your leagues. If he's not in your leagues right now, I mean, not if he's not on your team or on a team in your league, you should add him. If you got the bench space, pick him up. Uh, they got Zach Wilson back. This is looking, you know, to only get better and better for the Jets. The offense as a whole, the running backs are producing pretty well. Everyone's getting involved. So yeah, Jets currently supporting two top twenty-five wide receivers is definitely shocking to me. Um, again, I, maybe I shouldn't be as shocked. They got some really good talent on the offense all of a sudden, but it's still surprising. I don't, I don't feel confident many times putting two top twenty-five wide receivers from the same team. Um, in the top 25, we know it happens every year, uh, but the Jets definitely wouldn't have been on the first of my list of teams to have some guys up in there. So uh, very good surprise there. Also, Dalvin Cook, this is a negative one, finishing outside the top 25 for the week and currently at number, I believe, 25 for the season as well. Um, just completely bummed out on this production so far. It, he hasn't really been injured. It's not like, oh, he's missed a bunch of games. Um, it just... He, he's been playing for the most part every single game, a full amount of carries. One game, I believe he didn't, but still, for the most part, he's been in there every single game. To be that low uh, is not something I predicted. Obviously, Dalvin Cook is a guy who, in most drafts, went in the first round. And so you're not being rewarded right now for that. And it sucks. Um, Dalvin Cook is super talented. We know this, you know, we know he could flourish in this offense. So for him to do so bad right now, um, being outside the top 25 in week four and just around that 25 spot, 
for the season. There's no other way to look at it. That's that's not positive. That's a bummer. Uh, and it is a surprise because if you would have asked me before the season started, I never would have predicted uh, at any point in the season, unless he had a major injury, that he would be that low uh, in fantasy scoring. My last surprise of the week is TJ Hawkinson, who scored more points than anyone in fantasy football in week four, but 179 receiving yards on eight receptions and two touchdowns. I should say any position player, regular position player, not quarterback. Some quarterback may have outscored him. I forget if that happened or not. But either way, you get the point. Hawkinson went off. He went crazy. He was in this game that I mentioned earlier, Seahawks-Lions, crazy high-scoring game. I forget what the exact totals are, but I did see it on Twitter somewhere. Um, the yards, the points scored, everything was just like off the charts. Um, so someone had to, you know, to benefit crazy from that. Hawkinson was that guy, especially because the Lions are dealing with some injuries. Uh, so Hawkinson made it on the week four surprise list. And it's funny because this is a guy who me and Bruce spoke about, I want to say two weeks ago, uh, when we were talking about some tight ends who have been disappointing. And Bruce had asked, is Hawkinson really that good? Or are we overvaluing him? I said, I think he's I think he's pretty good. But that yeah, he's had a slow start. And this is the way tight ends work in the NFL. Um, but it was a valid question at the time. And here Hawkinson has proven, hey, if you give me the targets, if you make me a focal point in this offense, I might just go off. Um, so week four surprises. Jets to having top two, having two wide receivers in the top 25. Uh, Dalvin Cook disappointing start to the season, and TJ Hawkinson just going off in week four. Um, just nuts, just nuts overall. Uh, week four overreactions. This is where you know I'm gonna overreact to some things you may agree, you may not agree. Again, let me know in the comments or just hit us up on social media at uh, Rival Fantasy on Twitter, on Instagram. If, you, if TikTok's your thing, hit us up there, play Rival Fantasy. Um, but let me know, I want to know. Maybe, maybe I'm not overreacting in your opinion. Maybe you think what, what I'm going to say here is totally on par with what you believe would happen. But um, I'm typically calling myself out. Sometimes I have to call the people out, though. I can't always just rag on myself here about stuff. Um, it's only fair. So today I'm calling out the fantasy community, those managers playing across the fantasy world who said Miles Sanders wasn't good at football. They said stay away from him. They turned on him. They turned on him. Not everyone. Not everyone. And people have their caveats about, you know, why they feel this way. But plenty said he wasn't good. He's a top 10 running back currently. I believe he'll finish that way. End of season. Yes. The Eagles are on fire. They're 4-0. Jalen Hurts cannot be stopped. He's been crushing it. The wide receivers there have been flourishing. This team is 4-0, right? I mean, that there's no other way to write this. They are the only 4-0 team in football, and they're balling. And Miles Sanders is a big part of that. Um, I see no reason why this should stop. I don't believe the other running backs there as much of a threat as everybody else or as many people felt. Um, so Miles Sanders, one of my big overreactions of the week. You, you, you let me know. Is it an overreaction? Top 10 now, and he will finish top 10 rest of the season. Uh, barely inside the top 30 at rushing attempts, outside the top 15 at passing targets, yet this running back is currently top five in running backs. I think he finishes the season outside the top 10 which is not bad, obviously. It doesn't mean he's a bad player. I just think right now he's top five. It's a decent fall to fall outside of the top 10. That player, can you guess it? I'm going to give you five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. It's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. CEH, he's been balling. He's been doing great. He's had his moments. But looking at that kind of stuff, watching the games, 
seeing the other running backs behind him who are, who are talented as well, who Andy Reid, I feel, are, is definitely going to want to get involved more and more as the season goes on. As the season goes on, CEH has dealt with injuries before. Things can get weird. I don't trust him being a top five running back. I think this is just kind of, you know, early in the season, limited data, limited stuff. The narrative will change on this. Again, I'm not saying he's not going to have a good season. Clyde should have a good season. He should finish well. I'm happy for him. This is actually great. Um, I just don't think that the way this offense is built, um, that it will it'll stay at this pace, especially with the other guys behind him. I believe those are legitimate threats, um, unlike the ones in Philly that I just mentioned Miles Sanders being safe from. Um, so we'll see how, how this pans out. I know Chiefs fans are probably mad at me. Like, what are you talking about, Neil? How can you feel this way? Let me know why I shouldn't. Again, let me know why I shouldn't. Uh, let's jump over to week four disappointments. We're moving along. We are, we are just we're plugging along here. Um, disappointments. This is this is this is a, a weird one. Again, you can approach this many ways. I wanted to put week four disappointments, but I also can't help but think about season up until this point type of disappointments uh, because guys who disappointed me in week four. Sure, they let me down that week, but there's some who are also just in general disappointed on the season as well. And so I wanted to make sure we we shout out some of them. Uh, Darren Waller, again, you may say, Neil, you're a Raider fan. How are you disappointed? It's Darren Waller. He's one of the top tight ends of football because he just hasn't played well. He hasn't played up to what we expected, what we had planned for him, what we predicted for him. So Darren Waller for me is definitely a disappointment. Um, I, this is one of those disappointments. Actually, I don't... For sure, this is a disappointment that I don't think will hold up. I don't think that I'll continue to be this way because I believe this offense will continue to find its rhythm. I think Josh McDaniels is still figuring out how to call these plays correctly for this team. I believe that Darren Waller is, it's for sure, uh, an advantage for this team at that position. And so I believe they'll, they'll be forced to take advantage of him. How can, you can't ignore uh, a player of Darren Waller's ability and skill set. So he won't forever be a disappointment, but for week four, he he for sure was. Uh, and this season so far as a whole, he's been definitely off to a slow start compared to what I expected. So week four disappointment, Darren Waller, uh, Michael Pittman, Jalen Waddle outside the top 50 in week four at wide receiver. That's crazy. The wide receivers have been pretty volatile, though. And, and you know, this happens. It's not like it's this is, uh, you know, unexpected. Wide receivers do this. They have up weeks. They have down weeks. You would love for them to have more consistent weeks. Um, that's where the best wide receivers land. But Michael Pittman, I needed him. I needed him in a league or two. Let me down when I really needed some points. I really, you know, there's one league specifically I'm thinking about. I'm sure you, when you're listening or watching, I'm sure you're having these moments like me. But there's certain leagues, if you're in like a lot of leagues or you're playing a lot of fa daily fantasy, you know the exact tournament or team that you're thinking about when I say this. So Michael Pittman, if you can see it in my eyes, there's a league I'm thinking about. Um, there's also... Um, like I said, Jalen Waddle, who not as personally much personally affected me this week, but again, just to see him outside the top 50 wide receiver, it sucks. It's not, you know, again, it's not the best situation possible for him. But again, that team with Tua, that injury looks scary. Um, Teddy came in and looked good, but that Tua situation is a is a is a shame. It's sad, and we'll we'll see how it plays out going forward. You got to imagine they got to give this guy a break, man. That was a, they kind of fumbled that whole situation. You know, if you look at it hindsight. So we'll see how it plays out and how that affects Waddle. 
Matthew Stafford is my last disappointment for week four. Should be way more productive. The weapons that he has, the head coach that he has, the play call and the success this team has. 28 ranked quarterback right now in the season. This is crazy. He's just not playing well. He's not playing up to expectations. He's not playing up to where you drafted him for. Uh, if you're in super flex leagues like me, or you're in leagues that get bonuses and you know all this kind of stuff to quarterbacks, uh, where they're scoring, you know, might benefit them more, whatever the situation may be. Not good, Matthew Stafford. I thought you added Allen Robinson. Higby's back, healthy. Running backs, healthy. What's happening? What's happening? This is not. <laughs> it's not what I expected. This is a major disappointment. Um, which one of those three bothered you the most, or those four? Darren Waller, Michael Pittman, Waddle, or Stafford? Which one has affected you in your fantasy season the most? Darren Waller for sure has affected me a lot this year because I have him in the most out of these guys. I have him in the most teams, but Michael Pittman bothered me the most last week. <laughs> He's my biggest week for week four disappointment for sure. Um, listen, that is our our week four recap. Short, sweet, to the point. All the big narratives, data, stats that you need to know, so you need to come out of week four with. We do these episodes just to kind of recap the success we had to kind of have enjoy, you know, the victory laps for you and for us. And then also to see what we learned and now what we need to carry into week five and for the rest of the season. Remember, you win week by week, but you also want to project out a little bit for yourself, kind of get ahead of things. Um, and so that's what these episodes help do, help to kind of bring attention, a spotlight to guys who are playing bad, guys who are playing good, guys who are kind of in between. It was a great week. It was a lot of fun football, a lot of scoring, a lot of high-scoring games. And I liked it because straight out the 1 p.m. games, the early games, they came firing out the gate. Sometimes you have these slow weeks where the, where the week starts slow. It's like defenses are scoring touchdowns, quarterbacks are throwing interceptions, things aren't like exciting out the gate. Week four did not do that to us. Week four was banging from the second it started. I really enjoyed it. Um, so week four was good to me. Overall, across my across my leagues, week four was good to me. I hope it was the same for you guys. Again, shout out to our YouTube viewers. Hit the subscribe button. Turn on notifications so you you know can be alerted when the future episodes drop. Lots of love, everyone listening on Apple Podcasts and on your favorite podcast apps. If you're already subscribed and you already left a review, just share us with a friend. But if you haven't, if you're just listening and you're not subscribed, please subscribe. Please leave a five-star review. Let us know why you like the show. Um, this helps us. You guys are helping us a ton grow. We're getting a lot of new listeners, but you doing those things helps really, you know, um, push us forward to a lot of, to new audiences. So please do that. As always, you can find us on Twitter, IG, Instagram, at Rival Fantasy, or you can go on TikTok at Play Rival Fantasy. The content's a little different there, obviously, because it's TikTok. But let us know you're a listener. When you follow us on those platforms, we'll make sure to follow you back. That's all for the week four recap. Again, I'm Neil. This is the Rival Fantasy Podcast, and we're out.